Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. This is the first episode of the semester, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. I am Vaughn Lozon. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. With me today is Colin Logsdon, and uh, where, where can they find you at on Twitter, Colin? Well, first of all, Vaughn, uh, it's good to be back. Yes, it it's is. another season. It's yep. great to be back uh, back here in Moore Hall for Sam Life doing this again. Yes, sir. And on Twitter, people can find me at Cullen underscore Logston. All so, one word, all undercase. Pretty, pretty similar to what mine is. Yes, so yes. it's basically the same thing, mm -hmm. just different names. Now, usually, Cullen is the host of the show. I'm typically the co-host, but uh, he's a little under the weather, so I figured that I would write the ship today, and I had no problem doing it, and we're, we're going to get things going here, so... Typically, Evan Sashilla is with us as well, but unfortunately, he has other obligations that he has to attend to this semester, so odds are he probably won't be with us very often, but if he is, we're more than happy to uh, to have him on the show. Yeah, and we'll have other guests, too. We'll have uh, Austin Deneen, Austin also Deneen. from the Sports Desk, Football Beat Writer. Yep. Uh, Mackenzie Sanderson will be will be with us. Yep. Maybe some mm -hmm. Ryan Warner. So we'll have other Sam Lifers on the show with us. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe other various guests. Cool. Yeah, sounds good, man. So let, let's get right into it. So... Mm -hmm. First of all, we're going to talk about the Lions, their uh, previous matchup with the Colts, their upcoming matchup with the Titans, and then we're going to get into some college football a little bit, talk about who we think is going to make it into the college football playoff, who we think is going to win the entire thing, and then we're going to go into the Heisman, see who's going to win the Heisman this year, um, who, who's going to be in the Heisman race. So let's start with the Lions, because everyone loves those Detroit Lions. We're, we're all sipping the Kool-Aid already, I'm sure. Um, I know some people I know and, and love are. Um, I don't know if I am yet, but they did good. Last week they won 39-35 to against the Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, this was basically an offensive showdown between Matthew Stafford and Andrew Luck. Stafford completed 39, uh, uh, 31 of 39 for 340 yards. Uh, he had three touchdowns. Didn't turn the ball over at all. In fact, none of the teams turned the ball over. Andrew Luck went 31 of 47. He threw for 385 yards and had four touchdowns. Um, he only got sacked twice, which was surprising to me, knowing our defensive line and the Colts' offensive line. Uh, it, it's, it's just mind-boggling that he only got sacked twice. Stafford only got sacked once, which, once, which is a very good sign yep. of what may be to come for that young offensive line, especially that left side with Lincoln Tomlinson and the rookie out of Ohio State, Taylor Decker. Um, what did you see out of the offensive line week one, and do you think that they're going to continue to do that against the Titans this week? Well, they continue to be that that good. I'm not sure. The Colts defensive line already was one of the worst in the league. Yeah. They were decimated by injury. You know, they lost guys like Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney in recent years. I can't name one guy in their defensive line. So I think, but, but it was a good start to give the Lions credit. Taylor Decker was good. Tomlinson struggled a little bit. Apparently yeah. he rated as like the 50th best guard in the league after week one. Not good. Not what you want on your second round, second year uh, first round pick. But Decker was good, and then Swanson and Reef were actually among the uh, the top guard and center combos in the league, rated by uh, Pro Football Focus. They were really good, and yeah, I think the team overall, Stafford was fantastic. But yeah. uh, it all comes down to that O line. If they can keep Stafford up right like that all year, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun year to watch. As long as he has time to develop the play. <laughs> and have a clean pocket, he is going to make plays for the Lions, and there's no doubt about that, especially with all the weapons that he has. He has Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick, uh, two, two of the most versatile running backs that you could possibly have. Abdullah can get to the outside insanely fast. Yep. Theo Riddick in the pass game is just, you, you can't beat him. 
Nope, it's, it's, it's mismatch with every linebacker. Teams continue to put a linebacker on him, and he beats him in the slant. He beats him with that fake yeah. inside every single time. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's fun to watch. And Abdullah's becoming the same type of player. Yeah. Not one of them dropped a pass last week. I don't think any Lions player actually dropped one pass last week. Great job of the receivers. But, yeah, Abdullah and Riddick, if they can keep that up with the ground, opening up in the pass mm-hmm. game, that makes our offense so deadly. And I think the biggest thing is uh, maybe not having Kelvin this year. A lot of people worried, yeah. that, a lot of people worried it would hurt Stafford. I, for one, thought he'd be better off. Coming in the league like that, when you have one of the best receivers in NFL history, you're almost, you, you have to go to him. And yeah. I think Stafford relied on him as a security blanket, and teams knew that they would double and triple, co- triple cover Calvin. Now it allows Stafford to truly be the quarterback he's meant to be. Look around the field, look at all of his reads, and just spread the ball mm-hmm. around. I think 11 different players caught a pass on Sunday. So uh, that's the offense that I was looking forward to seeing. We saw it. It, it started to become a reoccurring joke <coughs> that if Stafford had no one to throw mm-hmm. to, just throw it deep down the field to Calvin, he'll probably yep. come up with it. He yep. was one of the best receivers at the time. Um, arguably one of the best receivers of all time. You could you could argue that. But now that Calvin's gone, I think I, I agree with you. I think Stafford is better off without him. It gives him more room to grow as a quarterback. That's right. It really makes you think of what he can do with guys like Marvin Jones. Obviously, Marvin Jones is a t- is. Uh, kind of like Calvin in a lot of ways, but he's not Calvin. Johnson. He's a, he's an up and comer. Yeah, he's still young. I think he was only drafted three, four years ago, so he is still yeah. room to grow too. So you you have guys like Marvin Jones, Eric Ebron is going to have a huge year in my opinion. That I was think. a really good touchdown catch that he had. It was, game. yeah, yeah. Normally in le- recent years he would have dropped that. Yeah, I, and I thought he did drop it because mm-hmm. the, the library came it and gave close. a big hit, but he held on right over the goal line. It was a beautiful touchdown. So you got guys like him. Uh, Marvin Jones, like I said, Anquan Bolden, he's going to be huge down the stretch for this team. And then you have Golden Tate. Golden Tate is the number one receiver on this team. And going into the season, a lot of people didn't really think that this offense had any potential at all because Golden Tate was more of a complimentary piece to Calvin Johnson when he was here. But now he is the number one guy. He has to step up. A lot of people didn't think he could do that. I think he can. He had the most receptions on the team last week. He only had 41 yards, mm-hmm. but I don't have a problem with that at all. They were all little short passes, because that's what Golden yeah. Tate is best. He's best when he's working in space. Give him little yeah. screen passes. He did a lot of that in college. Yards too. after catch is where Golden he, Tate yeah. excels. He is the yak king. He is. So, he is. I love that. So, yeah, he had seven catches. Mm-hmm. He had 41 yards. Uh, he was Big, hard, big he, 41 yards, A though. big 41 yards, indeed. Um, <clears> but you're going to see guys <throat> like Marvin Jones. He's going to get the bulk of the yards, which is completely fine. Mm-hmm. He, he may only have four or five catches a week. He's going to get the bulk of the yards because he's he's more of a guy, like I said, like Calvin Johnson, who likes to go down the field a lot and do do post routes down the field, which is fine. you got to have a guy like that in there. But Theo Riddick, Theo Riddick could have the most catches on this team uh, by the end of the season, by the end of the regular season. I think he could. Just the way that he plays the game, he's such a versatile running back. He's basically not even a running back. He's essentially and a And he ran receiver. really well on Sunday, he, too. I, he had I a rushing touchdown. I think he could do that. I didn't think he could either, but he had, he made a nice move to get into the end zone. Um, so his rushing game has steadily increased throughout his career. He had 45 rushing yards last week on seven carries. Yep. He only had seven carries. He had 45. I mean, if they keep giving him the ball, especially in the backfield, I think he could make a lot of good plays for this team. Him and Abdullah both. Like I said, they're pretty much twins back there. I can't yeah. even tell them apart. I, I think know. Riddick's a tiny bit taller than Abdullah. Mm-hmm. Same type of player. One thing I noticed... That first guy never tackled them. Both of them made the first guy yeah. miss every single time. Whether well, it was a handoff, it was a screenplay, it was catching it in the slot, it's anything. They always made the first guy miss, and they mm-hmm. always ended up upfield. They always fall forward. 
both very fast, very elusive. Indeed. With the old yeah. line open up holes, they they they, both, they don't just have to be threats in the off in the passing game, threats in the running game too. Yeah. You bring Zenner back hopefully this week. Your mm-hmm. downhill rusher. It's hard to find a more balanced offense. And you Dwayne Washington get a rushing touchdown. Dwayne Washington as well. He came out of nowhere. Seventh round pick. He gets his first touchdown in the first game. That's incredible. This team doesn't really have that true offensive star like a Calvin, like an AJ Green, but I think they're more balanced overall. They're incredibly balanced. And with Jim, that's what teams don't. That's people around the league don't understand. This team is well balanced, and these guys are up and coming. And with Jim Bob Cooter, uh, the well balanced Mm -hmm. offense is what he needs in that system. It's an incredibly basic way of playing offense, (coughs) but it works, and especially for Stafford, he he's not he's not going to be like a Drew Brees where he's reading the defense all the time and he knows exactly where to throw the ball. Stafford, as long as he has a game plan set, Mm -hmm. he's going to make plays, and that's all that matters. And I think he's finally becoming that leader too. You saw in that final drive, he let him down the field in what twenty seconds. It was ridiculous. Marvin Jones made a bonehead play to try to get extra yards. He dove forward. Stafford immediately ran up, was mm-hmm. yelling at him. Eric that's, Ebron did that's his too. new guy. Yeah, Ebron stepping up too. Yep. Guys taking accountability when in recent years they probably would have stayed remained quiet. Yeah, I like that. They're finally stepping up. Stafford's becoming mature. Mm-hmm. He's becoming the he's the true leader of the team now. That Sue and Calvin are gone. It's his team, and he's finally he's finally becoming that quarterback. I think uh, yep. we've all been waiting for. It's the but it's week one. System. Still a lot more football left. We'll, uh, Tons of more. Football. We'll know more after week two. Yeah. So straying away from the offense a little bit, let's. Let's go to the defensive <coughs> side of the ball. Um, the defensive line struggled. There's there's no there's no other way to put it. The defensive line struggled. Like I said, they only had two sacks, and they were both from Kerry Hyder of all. I people. never heard of him before. Apparently, he played last year. I never knew he was. He had a good uh, preseason game, game four against the Bills. I think he had uh, three sacks. I want to see. Say. I didn't watch I that game. He had three sacks against the Bills. That's kind of the reason why he made the team. Um, but today, uh, last Sunday was his coming out party. He had two sacks. When he had a couple um, tackles for loss, too, on running backs, he looked he looked really good. Yeah, he had uh, two two tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, he, he bottom line is he had a good game, but yeah. everyone else, not so much. Uh, Ziki Anso was essentially uh, silent in this Very entire quiet. game. You, you didn't see a whole lot of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Levy, it was good to see him back, but he made a couple bonehead penalties. That really that yeah, taunting play you could not have from your captain. Really just made you, you know. Well, I go to the other sideline and start, yeah, and just wave in their face. You don't do that. Just get off, get off the field. It, and it led to a touchdown for Indy too. It did, and get off the field. And the Lions have had that problem in the past too, with creating yeah. opportunities mm-hmm. for the other team yeah. with these taunting penalties, with these unsportsmanlike penalties. It's just, it, it's not needed. Mm-hmm. But right. he he made one or two of those, which kind of it was a bonehead mm-hmm. decision by him, but. It was just good to see him back, and he, he made a few tackles. Him and Whitehead um, look really good at linebacker. Whitehead looked very good. He In I the passing game, he's knocking on passes. He's tracking down every running back. He yeah. is, he's a freak athlete. He, he is I didn't a, realize yeah. how athletic he was. He is an he's insanely really athletic linebacker. I love that. But the secondary, <laughs> I am very, very worried about that secondary, especially with the safeties. Mm. Uh, obviously, yeah. if Darius Slay as your number one quarterback. Yeah, I, he I, got beat. By the rookie he, Philip Dorsett beat him on a couple deep balls. He did. Should not have happened. Second, I feel like every deep ball Andrew looked through, they caught. you got to yeah. be able to knock some passes down. Yeah. And but then then, a lot of that comes back to the D-line not getting pressure as well. And then you leave Jack Doyle mm-hmm. wide open for two touchdowns. Uh, he who, may who, not who, even who, have another touchdown Who is Jack season. Doyle? Never heard of exactly. him. Exactly. Who is Jack Doyle? He had three catches. Two of them were for touchdowns. He may not have another touchdown all season. Right. Um. So it, it really makes me question what this secondary is capable of for the rest of the year. Right. Obviously, Andrew Luck is a—he is an elite quarterback yeah. in the NFL. He's a top five quarterback. 
he has weapons. He has Dante Moncrief, he has T.Y. Hilton, and Philip Dorsett. Uh, he had a good game last week, too. He had 94 yards. Yep. Only on four catches, too. So it really goes to show um, what the Colts offense is capable of and kind of what the what the defense is. they got to uh, get more Ryan's pressure. Def- yeah, they, no, go ahead. Yeah, because I think our secondary, it's it's not very good, apparently. Mm-hmm. I guess, wait, we're going to be facing, what, Andrew Rodgers twice this year. Yeah. We're going to face some other elite quarterbacks. you got to be able to get pressure on those guys. Mm-hmm. Our secondary is going to be exposed like that again. Even Especially with, against a weak Colts offensive line. That's one of the worst yeah. offensive lines in the league. Pretty sure he got sacked almost 40 times last year. Yeah. and To only get to him twice with this D-line with that's Terry supposed Heider. to be with a pair, uh, an apparent rebuilt elite <laughs> defensive line. Yeah. That you need more. You need more. You need more from Lodi Nana. You need to, Tyron Walker. Yeah. Heard his name maybe once all game in a running play. Mm-hmm. Ziggy, obviously, nor and Devin Taylor. You got to get more pressure. Well, going into the season, Ziggy Anza was predicted <coughs> by a few people, what I saw, to at least break the Lions' uh, single-season sacks record. Right. Which I think is around 13 or 14. Uh, he's very capable of doing that. It's not a crazy high number. Um, but seeing zero out of him last Sunday, it was it was a shock to me at least. Yeah. But the safeties are going to become a problem, I think, because Glover Quinn. He's getting he, older. Glover getting Quinn's older. getting older. He did not look very good at all last Sunday. No. He got beat a few times, and he got beat on one of their touchdowns. Yep. Um, the Moncrief touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, but he was in position to make the play, but just didn't turn his head around fast enough. Yeah, and then Raphael Bush, I, it's same song and dance. Him it, and uh, was Tavion Wilson started. Yeah, Tavion Ta- Wilson. Tavion Wilson. And too. then yeah, him and Bush now the good. Yeah. And uh, was it Iswell could. I, I can never say his name. The safety of last year, Isabel Kudus or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently uh, he was rated. Abdul Kudus was apparently rated as like the fifth best safety yep. his first game. Should have resigned him. Now? I believe he might be in Tennessee. Might he's be in Tennessee. In, should, oh, so we may we be playing look, against him. Let's, we should look that up. Yeah, let's look, let's look this up real quick. Um, let's see. Yeah, he was a very underrated player for us last year. Got a big payday. Maybe the Lions should have paid him. He's a younger guy, up and coming. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's definitely going to be a weakness going forward is, uh, is that safety spot. And maybe looking for agency. Who's someone you could pick up? Also, um, the, the rookie, Miles Killebrew. Miles I think this can open up his spot. I think yeah, this week, I think so, give too. him some playing time. See, that's why you drafted him in fourth round last yeah. year. Yeah, and I think that was big a steal, hitter. too. That was an absolute steal. He's like a poor man's Deion Buchanan. He's a yeah, big hitter, no, exactly. big body. He lays dudes yeah. out. Oh, give he, him some playing time. He's like a rugby player right. on the football field. He hits hard, and he doesn't <coughs> care who he hits either. Right. He, it could be a quarterback. And I know Caldwell is worried to play rookies early. He doesn't want to give him too much I want to see time. him get playing time. You're not getting anything out of Raphael Bush and Tavon Wilson nope. at this point. Might as well put him right there. Abdul Kadus is now with the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, okay. Yeah, yeah so he, he was an undrafted free agent with uh, New Orleans mm-hmm. back in 2011. And then he played for the Lions. Yeah. And now he's with uh, the, the Miami he's Dolphins. He's really good safety. He is a very good safety. Hopefully we don't have to, uh, you know, bite ourselves in the butt for, <clears throat> for not signing him. But, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Killebrew will step up. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, but anyway, so give me a score prediction for this upcoming week. <clears throat> it's at home. It's against the Tennessee Titans who lost in a very rough game last week against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Give me a score, and why do they win or lose? Yeah, the Titans lost to a Sean Hill-led Vikings team yeah, as well, and they awful. held Adrian Peterson to 37 rushing yards and yeah. still lost. Mm-hmm. That's not good. They're not a very good team. Yeah. Lions have a lot of confidence right now coming into Ford Field. Mm-hmm. There's no way they lose this game. 
I'm going uh, 35-18 is, my, is okay. my prediction for the game. See, I think they're going to win two. Um, I think it's going to be their first 2-0 start to a season since they went to the playoffs uh, in 2011 yep. when they played the Saints in that uh, wild card game. They got absolutely shelled. Yep. Um, see, I, th- I think they're going to win two. <coughs> I think their defense is going to be a little better just because the Tennessee Titans don't have the offensive capabilities that the Colts have. Right. Mariota's a good quarterback. Mariota's a good quarterback. He has many weapons. He's able to get outside. Still very young. He's yeah. able to get outside. If, if they do um, a lot of QB runs with him, they could be in some trouble. Right. Just because I don't think the safeties are um, aware. They're not very aware of, of, you know, all that stuff going on. But I think the score will be somewhere in the 30 to 14 range. I think they'll still beat them by like two touchdowns. Yeah. But I think they'll keep it close for a little bit and then in the fourth quarter I think the Lions will take it. The Lions well. hardly ever blow teams out. It'll probably be closer yeah. than we think it will. Probably. But they, they, they should win and they have to win this game. Well, yeah, <laughs> going off what you said, these games are always so close. Uh, it, I, I take a look at the spreads quite often for NFL and college. Mm-hmm. It's incredible just teams like Alabama getting spreads like 40 some points right. to where teams like uh, let's say the Seattle Seahawks. They were only favored by like nine points last week against the Dolphins. And then they won and by the like Dolphins four points. only lost. Yeah, it was like four or two points. So it, it just goes to show, um, you know, how how much bigger of a league the NFL is than college. Right. Um, but getting into college, let's go into college for a little bit. College football. It's been going on. This is about to be week three. Our Central mm-hmm. Michigan Chippewas won a uh, a hail of a game. Mm-hmm. In uh, in Oklahoma State. Yes, they did. So they're two and zero. They're looking good. U of M is uh, two and zero. They're looking good. Michigan State. They had a bye last week, so they're one and zero. But they beat Furman week one. Uh, they play Notre Dame this week. Big game. Very very. Big there are game. a lot of big games this week. You got Michigan this State, Notre Dame. You got Alabama, Ole Miss, and then Ohio State plays Oklahoma. For and Florida State, Florida Louisville. State, Louisville. That's the and Stanford, USC. Gosh. This is probably the best week we're gonna get all year. And possibly. Maybe, I thought we. And it's all it's, it's all it's all non-conference for the most part too. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's phenomenal. Yeah, besides the Ole Miss and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, huge rematch because Ole Miss won that game last year. Two straight. They're the um, only team. Um, since only team to beat Nick Saban two years in a row since Purdue did it to Nick Saban back when it, back in his Michigan State days. Wow. They beat in the last two years. That's the only loss Bama okay. had each year. Well, hopefully they make it three because I don't like seeing Alabama at the top at all. And that helps um, Michigan if the teams in front of them. And that would help U of M. Um, we are both U of M guys. Yep. Um, but but if if Alabama loses, I don't. Maybe uh, may, maybe some stuff can go um, a little Michigan's way this week because Michigan gets gets uh, an easier opponent against Colorado at yep. home, and then the other top three are all playing top twenty five games. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. But with all that said. Who do you think is going to make it in the college football playoff this year? Who are your top four teams uh, at the end of the season? This was a very tough pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a great year for college football. Me too. A lot of loaded teams. Yep. Um, my top four are Michigan. I think Michigan does come out of the Big Ten. Maybe that's be maybe that's me being a homer a little bit. That's okay. But I think they're just so loaded this year, and I think the Big Ten, I don't think Ohio State and Michigan State are quite as good this year. But Michigan will lose one of the three to at Iowa, at Michigan State, at Ohio State. Win the other two. Yep. That'll be enough to get in the championship where I think they'll knock off Iowa. They'll make it to the playoff. Florida State coming out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. Looking at Clemson so far, they do not look like the same team at all. No. Florida State looks loaded. Uh, DeAndre, they are loaded. DeAndre Francois looks like a heck of a quarterback. He is. Um, Freshman. I, 
redshirt freshman. Yeah, redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah. He's he sat last year, but he looks like the next Jameis Winston. Maybe maybe in a better arm. And I think yeah, on defense definitely. they have they have so much star power. Out of the SEC, I got Bama. Yep. Obviously, because they're Bama, they do what they do. And my last one's an interesting one. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to have one this year. I think they're down. Big 12 is definitely down. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're having one. I think it's going to be a team that might join the Big 12, and that's Houston. I think Houston goes undefeated the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And with the help of the Big 12 and Pac-12 being down this year, I think Houston with Greg Ward, um, Tom Herman, great second-year coach there. I think yep. they go undefeated, they run the table, they make it in there. See, that's a very interesting pick with Houston because I'm kind of debating still right now as to who my fourth team is going to be. So I'm going to go with um, – no, I'm, I'm not going to do it in any order. Let, let's just do it like this. Alabama is going to make it in just yep. because of what you said. They're Alabama. They're always in. They're always going to make it in the football playoff until Nick Saban either retires or, or chokes and yep. dies. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. But, um, right. but until one of those two happens, um, they will be – right there with them. So Alabama, I agree with Florida State. The ACC is definitely a weaker conference mm-hmm. this year. North Carolina got taken down in week one against Georgia. Clemson looked awful against Auburn. Their time management was just terrible. I don't know if you watched any of that game. I did. At the end of the game, they almost blew it. And then, um, they, and then they barely beat Troy last week. They, yeah. they beat Troy by two points. That's sad. That's not okay. So Deshaun Watson's looked pretty rough. But yep. But. Uh, until they lose, they're, they're still in it, but I'm going to go with Florida State. And then my third is whoever wins the Michigan-Ohio State game. Okay. So whoever wins, I think U of M and Ohio State have a very good chance of being 11-0 um, by the time that game rolls around. Because of what you said, Michigan's schedule is not that hard at all. Um, Michigan State is going to have a down year, I think, just because of the quarterback experience. Uh, they lost some key players on defense. Iowa, I just think that Michigan's going to take them to town once Michigan goes to Iowa. Um, so I think they both have a chance of being 11-0. Who's and it going to be? you got to pick one. Who wins that game and who goes? I think I want Michigan to win, obviously. I'm going to go with Ohio State. Okay. Just because Michigan struggled with JT Barrett a lot last year. Last um, two years. Yeah, he's last, eat, last couple years. He's, he's a them freak, up. man. He's a running quarterbacks always give Michigan fits, especially Ohio State running Troy quarterbacks. Smith, Terrell Pryor, Braxton Miller, the list All goes on and yeah. on and on and on. Um, I can't remember the last time that they had a uh, a, a strict uh, pro style mm. throwing quarterback. It's been a long time. It has, it has. But um, so I'm going to go with Ohio State, and then I who I think Houston has a good chance just because of the schedule I'm looking at right now. They beat Oklahoma week one. Um, they beat Cincinnati last night, 40-16. to 16. Um, The rest of their schedule is Texas State, UConn, Navy, Tulsa, SMU, UCF, Tulane, um, Louisville, who really is big the game. only, yeah, that's going to be a big game, the only competition that they'll have, and then Memphis. And then they'll have the uh, their championship, uh, conference championship. So I think they have a good chance, but I think competing there right with them is Stanford, just because the Pac-12 is kind of a diminished uh, conference this season. Right. USC got pummeled against Alabama, and they, they were kind of horrible. They looked horrible. They were They're not. They have so many great players. Going in that team, game, not a good team. what were they ranked? Like twentieth in the country? I think they yeah. were a little overranked, just because USC really hasn't been USC since like two thousand six or two thousand. Even though they still recruit at elite level, there's, there's so much worth, talent on that team. I know. but they just they're just not good overall. They've it's been not struggling. A good team. So USC. 
Uh, Oregon is really the only other competition that they have, but I wouldn't even say that. They're not typical. I, it's not Oregon anymore. No, it really is. Chip Kelly's, Chip guys Kelly's been gone. gone. It, it's basically like it, it's, it's the same style of play. Just the offensive coordinator that got bumped up to head coach just kind of took Mark Helfrich, yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll either be Stanford or Houston. Um, whoever really just has the better record and I guess whatever the college football playoff decides will ultimately be who goes in. So who do you think wins the entire thing? Well, I think Michigan plays FSU, and I think Bama plays Houston in there. Yeah. Bama will take care of Houston. Mm-hmm. And then I think FSU scores late to, uh, to break the hearts of Michigan faithful everywhere. It's going to be a tough game, but I think FSU has too much. Yep. I think they're the better team. It'll be Bama and FSU, a huge heavyweight battle. I think FSU beats Bama. Really? I think they take Bama out this year. I think they have more than what Bama has. Um, I think it's their year. That's interesting. That is an interesting pick. I did not expect you to say that. Um, so I think that... If Houston makes it in, I think they have a very legitimate chance of, of running the table. But I don't think that they're going to be able to get into the playoff just because of the um, level of competition that they play. I know they beat Oklahoma. I think, I, I honestly think Louisville will knock them off come November 17th. Who's home at that game? Is that at Louisville? It's, no, it's at Houston. At Houston, then. I, I think that, Louis- that changes things. Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, Louisville mm. will win, but I think... I don't know what's going to happen in the semifinals. I don't know what matchup it's going to be, but I think it will be. I think, I think it will be Alabama against Ohio State in a rematch of the semifinals from two years ago, and okay. I think Alabama gets the rematch. I think Alabama. You think wins Alabama again. wins again this year? Yep. Fifth championship in eight years. I think they'll do it again. That's insane. The the defense is just ungodly. It, it is. It is it insane is. how good that defense is. Yeah. And uh, it never no, it never even matters who's their quarterback. It really they, does. Never had if you take a look at their quarterbacks from the past, like none of them are ten years. No, Greg McElroy. Come on, John Parker Wilson. Yeah, John. Yeah, guys. seriously. Last year it was uh, what's his name? The the tall dude, the tall white guy. Another another guy who we don't know his name because he wasn't that good. Yeah. They're all game managers, but they're surrounded mm-hmm. by so much talent. That's yeah. all they need to do. It, They've yeah. proven it doesn't take a great quarterback to it, win. Yeah, it really doesn't. As long as they have that defense, mm-hmm. they're set. Right. So. Um, so real quick, we're kind of limited on time. Um, I think we're going to get to some of this discussion in the next podcast. We're going to talk about Heisman. We'll give it another week to to uh, really think about who we think our Heisman's going to be. Yeah, it's but a little early. Little early. Yeah, it's a little early. So we'll give it another week or two. So let's go into our stud and dud. This is a usual thing that we do. We give one stud from the last week who who either performed well or or did something good in the community, something like that, and then we'll give our dud. So, um, dud is complete opposite of that. So, Colin, uh, start with your stud. Who is your stud for this week? Well, that's a stud I never thought would be my stud. It's a, it's an organization I normally I normally uh, do not speak very high of. The NCAA for this week, they had a big decision. Oh. Um, North Carolina had that BS law they made back last spring where yep. the whole bathroom yeah. thing, mm-hmm. you got to apparently use the bathroom that's on your birth certificate, some outlandish thing. The NCAA now, after the NBA got rid of their all-star game there in Charlotte this year, NCAA has now taken away a bunch of their championship games there, including uh, March Madness games for next year, the men's mm-hmm. basketball championship. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's great. It's sending a message to the state that's saying, we're not going to take this. If you're going to send out this message, we don't want to back you. Yeah. And I love that the NCAA is doing that. Normally, I don't agree with what they do. 
Big fan of that. So thumbs up to NCA. My dud is the Oklahoma backup quarterback. I don't even know his name. I oh, looked it up. I think Went I on TV this. the other day, which I don't know why you're bringing on a backup quarterback for your television program. Apparently, he's he's calling out Ohio State, saying their defense is average. Baker Mayfield's going to light them up. And if he gets his <laughs> chance in the game, he, he thinks he'll do the same. Dude, don't be giving Ohio State any extra motivation. Dude, don't, do not give Urban Meyer any extra motivation. This is a game you have to win. You're going to be an underdog. You lost against Houston in a game you probably you guys probably also overlooked. So do not be calling out Ohio State, especially if you're the backup quarterback. Just stupid. Really stupid. Dude. I didn't even look up his name because he's that dumb and he doesn't deserve it. It's his name's Austin Kendall. That's right. And um did you did you happen <coughs> to see what Cardell Jones tweeted about that? Oh gosh. It wasn't another tweet about school, was it? Uh <laughs> it actually was. So Sports Center, he quoted a tweet from Sports Center. The, the Sports Center tweet originally said, Oklahoma backup QB Austin Kendall says Baker Mayfield will quote light up Ohio State's defense. Um and then Cardell Jones quote tweeted that and said, Kid must not be playing much school, calling the silver bullets basic. Smart. <laughs> so it was about school. He did so, bring it back to school. It, it was. That is almost funny. I, he should have been my stud then. Yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty good response. Yeah, it's almost like making fun of him his old tweet, too. I like that. Yeah, it's too bad. I like it. not doing well in the NFL. But, but that's a discussion. He got drafted? Yeah. Oh. He's on uh, the Bills. Oh, gosh. Yeah. He'll never play. No, no, never. Never. So my stud is Lamar Jackson. Mm. And I think it's pretty obvious why his, his statistics through two games, not even really two games, he's only played the first half of both games. Um, so technically, two games played, two games started, passing, 697 yards, seven Goodness. touchdowns. He's averaging 348.5 yards a game. And that's really only 348.5 yards a half. Yeah. Because he is that just for passing or is that including That is just too? passing. He has one interception, um, so that's not awful. Rushing, again, uh, 318 <coughs> yards. He's averaging 159 yards rushing basically in one half. His yep. six rushing touchdowns. That's insane. That is ridiculous. I know the level of competition that he's been playing has not been amazing, but it just goes to show how good of a quarterback he really is. Right. And I think he's going to continue to do that. I think Louisville's in for a big year. My dud is Keenan Allen, um, simply just because he tore his ACL and he, he just keeps getting hit by the injury bug. I know it really really wasn't his fault. Right. Um, it was a non-contact injury that happened in last week's game. But just throughout his entire career, he has just been injury prone. He only played eight games last year. He played um, he played in 15, his rookie season 14, the season after that. Um, but he's just not been able to stay on the field lately. And it's a shame, too, because he is a very, very good receiver. He's definitely the number one guy with San Diego. Um but he is my dud. I had him in two fantasy leagues, and uh, ouch. Yeah, so that we'll we'll see how I do. Bye bye Devon's championship hopes. <laughs> bye bye. We'll see what happens, but um, a, a little blow to my mm. wide receiver core to early in the season. But but uh, again, we'll get to the Heisman talks next time. Uh, this has been on Sportsmanlike Conduct. I am Vaughn Lozon. Mm. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Uh, Colin Logsden, give him a follow on Twitter at Colin underscore Logsden, and uh, we will talk at you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>